Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden, joined as always by former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man? Not much, buddy. Good to be here. Yeah, dude, it's a uh, a different type of vibe this week because it is the London game. Uh, and Ovi, I've got a question for you. On long plane trips, what was your go-to? Were you a cards guy? Were you a... Uh, you know, I got I got some movies. I brought some Blu-rays that I want to catch up on. No, no, you were probably a, a health nut. You were you were getting some Z's. You were <laughs> you were looking out for your. Uh, yeah. You got a game. I know you. You're you're staying sharp. You got to be ready to go. What kind of a uh, long flight guy yeah. were you? You know what I um I really really enjoyed um away games. People were you know I, were, you know all weird saying you'd rather play away than home like. Yes, because I love going to see new cities. I love new restaurants. I love my staycation in my hotel. Even though I don't have a game there, like an hour or two, we get to the, you know, we're not going to London, uh, like just the away games here in California. We get there um, uh, Saturday about, I don't know, one, two, three o'clock. Team meetings aren't until seven. So we have that three, four hour magic time to where we can get some food sometimes guys get really you know risky and go see a site <laughs> you know go to the top of the seattle uh tower i know my first time to seattle me and a couple of rookies we went to uh the, the needle and we had like four hours so we went to the needle went up went down just because we wanted to because a lot of us went were in our college town all our lives and never really traveled so yeah. i enjoy um uh away games and i was a movie guy i would watch long movies um, just back my DVD player. Imagine that DVD and Blu-ray <laughs> player. You know, before everyone had stuff on their, you know, Netflixes and the streaming stuff. I would just, you know, I don't know, Lord of the Rings or whatever was out. Matrix. <laughs> I, I just I was going off my movies. There you go. You you learned how to binge watch from the uh, the long plane flights. Uh, so I, I respect yes. that. The Falcons are currently, as we are recording, on a very long plane flight. As I mentioned. They're playing the Jets in London. Kickoff will be 9.30 Eastern time. So, uh, you know, set the clocks a little earlier. Wake up, make yourself some some eggs, some pancakes, and then settle on in for uh, some NFL football. <laughs> Wait, weird, dude. 9.30 in the morning? Ah, oh, it's going to be so weird. It's a weird time. <laughs> so we are going to dive into just how weird this game really could get, and it could get very weird. Um, but first... Let's hear from today's sponsor. Football is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another great season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online. Where the game starts. Ov, this game, as we mentioned going into uh, to break, there could get extremely weird. The uh, the Jets, arguably the worst team in football so far this season, are one in three. They just got their first win, surprisingly, against the Tennessee Titans. But the Titans were without AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Um, still, Jets win in overtime. Got to give them credit for that. The Falcons. Somewhat disappointing one in three after last week's loss to Washington. I, I think a lot of fans expected this team. They, they certainly played like they could have been two and two. Nevertheless, 
They're one and three and kind of facing a must win game against the Jets. Uh, yep. So let's start there. Ovi is, is this a must win game for Atlanta? If they want to have any sort of uh, real season, then yeah, because if you, can't, I mean, it was bad enough to lose against the uh, Washington football team. Ah, I did it. Um, <laughs> bad enough to lose uh. against, you know, the Washington football team, but to lose against the Jets in London and travel all the way to, you know, the other side of the pond, get your butts kicked, is not what you want to happen. That's just going to no. be a bad look for their morale, for their esteem, for the fans, and it's going to kind of solidify that. We are, we know this is a rebuilding year, but what kind of rebuilding year is it? Is it one of those, we want to get a top draft pick rebuilding year where we're just going to lose all our games, or is this one of those, we're going to, we may not make the playoffs, or we may squeak in, but we, we're going to compete every single game like we did against the, the um, uh, like Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we're also going to show that the building blocks are there, and the talent is there, and even the guys who aren't superstars, are building a resume to show that they can be contributors on this team. What are we going to do? And I think this is a, a must-win game to salvage a productive season because if we can't beat the Jets in London, what can you do? Yes, I think that's a great point uh, because that's really kind of the only point, right? If you can't beat the Jets, then then what is yeah. happening? What is going on? Why should we why should we have confidence at all for any remaining game on your schedule? Because the fact of the matter is, this is is the easiest three game stretch, I think, on the Falcon schedule. You had the Giants. Yep. Yeah, they were away, but they're the Giants. You had Washington at home, the toughest, arguably, you know, at least last season. I'm I'm not gonna say this year because Dallas, I think, is legitimately extremely good. Um, but the NFC East representative in the playoff last year, you had them at home and now you're playing the Jets. Yeah, it's a London game, but it's the Jets. So that three game stretch, you can either come out of it being one and two or two and one. And if you're one and two in that stretch, then to your point, that really kind of sparks some, some signals in my head about, Oh man, this might actually be a longer term rebuild because we came in saying the depth isn't there. It's going to hurt. The salary cap is, really tough, but there are still some good players on this team and maybe they can surprise some people. If you're not beating the Jets with those really good players that are on your team, then you know you got to really reevaluate even the top tier, top tier talent on this roster. Um, so I agree with you. I think that this is... I hate, I hate saying must win because we don't know. They could lose this game and then they could go on a tear after the bye week and actually make the playoffs and then it wasn't a must win game. But for all intents and purposes right now, it feels like a must win game because if you start one and four and, and you're going into the bye week, I got to think some guys might start checking Ouch. out a little bit. You know, they, they might start, yeah. start looking at, hey, I got this time off. All right. What do I want to what do I want to start doing? What's my new hobby? What, what do I want to spend? I got a new PS5. <laughs> I'm going to kick back and play video games. All of a sudden, you know, you're not yep. training. You're not studying the playbook. It gets easier to just. All right. This season's a waste. And as much as that. Sucks to hear as a fan. Like that is somewhat of a reality if you're a player in a position to be able to kind of do that. Not all players are. Have you been sneaking into the locker rooms, Will? <laughs> have you have you been like tapping guys' phone lines? Oh man. That's exactly what they say and exactly <laughs> what goes on. Yeah. If you're that far away from having a sustainable season, guys are really checking out. Like I remember I've been sitting at lunchroom tables. Guys are like, you know, where are you going for the offseason yeah. or what are we going to do for the bye yeah. week? Especially if it was before the bye week. You know, guys will not just stay around. They will take off, mm-hmm. like, different country off. Like, go to Puerto Rico or Mexico or, you know, let's get out of here off. Because especially the guys who have their, you know, money guaranteed or their yep. spot guaranteed, why am I going to put focus, effort, attention, or any of my life force into something that's going to lead to disaster or yeah. nothingness. And so I, I, I've been there and <laughs> I can probably say that I've checked out too a couple of times when we were just obliterated early on the season, like uh, the infamous uh, Bobby Petrino year uh, or the Mike Vick, uh, you know, dog situation year. Yep. And I was, I was still a veteran. I was in my sixth year um, or fifth year, but I was new to the Falcons. And I kind of, kind of followed uh, what Rod Coleman and D'Angelo Hall and, yeah. Algie Crumpler and 
these guys are like, eh. I'm like, and Roddy White, I'm like, all right, well, I guess that we we just gonna chill this season. Yeah. We, we gonna hang out and go to Velvet Room. And, well, you become you know, go to the club. You become an independent contractor. I mean, you you start saying, hey, look, yeah. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna put my work in. I'm gonna try to put my best stuff on tape. But but that's about it. I got to start looking out for me. This season's not going anywhere. I do. I'm not getting hurt for you yeah. guys. I'm not going all out for you guys. I'm not staying up late for you guys. I'm not watching extra film for you guys. For what? Right. And the Falcons are on the verge of having that happen to some of their players. Now I don't think they have that many superstars where they can do that. It'd be dumb on on the players' <laughs> yeah. part, but it still may happen because these young guys may think that all right, well, this is how I feel. This well, is you, how you know act. who? Hopefully, we can get the who win. can't afford to let that happen is Matt Ryan. This guy doesn't have that many. Yeah. You, that's why I hate it for him, and that's why they've got to win against the Jets. But it's going to be a lot harder, I think, this week because of a lot of news that came out today on Thursday as we're recording. Calvin Ridley out for personal reasons. We don't know. Don't want to speculate. That's always tough to hear. Russell Gage out. Ankle injury. He's missed the last couple of games with that injury. Marlon Davidson out. Ankle injury. None of those three even made the trip overseas. Eric Harris. Crazy. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll dig in. I'll get your thoughts on all of that. Eric Harris hasn't practiced yet this week. He did make the trip, but starting safety who had for as many times as you know, he didn't make the, pl- the best possible play when he was in position, which would have been a pick. He was still in position a lot to knock a lot of balls away against Washington. If he can't go, that'll be a big miss. And Avery Williams, who filled in for Isaiah Oliver, who, by the way, went on IR this week um, in nickel corner, was limited in today's practice with a hamstring injury. So the injuries are really starting to pile up for Atlanta. Um, of those, I'm assuming you believe that Calvin Ridley's injury is the biggest. Yeah, his, his injury, his issue, whatever the fam- personally family matter yes, is, I in, hope yeah. he gets through it and it's all right. But, uh, you know, we don't know what it is. And like you mentioned, you know, I'm not going to speculate, yeah. but I, I can, you know, not speculate, but tell you about some of the times in my 10-year career where guys have missed games for personal reasons, family issues, either a, a good family issue or a bad family issue or, or personal reason. Sometimes they've made mistakes and the team trying to cover for them. And so they don't want them to, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've, I've seen these, uh, you know, guys who uh, did some, some stuff wrong and law enforcement's involved or they're about to get kicked off the team. It, it's personal reason. I don't think Calvin really is. Yeah. Uh, not not that, that any of that applies to Calvin. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that applies to Calvin Ridley. Sometimes, you know, it's it could be, um, you know, family or a bunch of things. But the yeah. end of the day is it's got to be serious because he's not going on the trip. And if he's not injured, then, you know, then, you know, it's a serious personal matter. And regardless, it's it stinks. Uh, Calvin Ridley is lucky that he works with a great team that kind of respects him as a human being, not just as a a worker or a yeah, uh, an asset. somebody to go win games for you. Cause other teams, I'll, I'll tell you other teams will cut a player. If you have a personal, if you're not injured, you're not hurt. And a them, a, a personal issue happens, even deaths in family with the Baltimore. Really? Uh, there was a, a younger player. He had a death in the family and they're like, well, can you go to the uh, funeral when you get back? Or <laughs> can you, geez, um, he still make the team because his backup was down, and so he had to play. Yeah, and and I've been in that situation, uh, not exactly that situation, but as a fullback with the Falcons, there are times when I was the only one who dressed. I was the only one. I would have to do the first team reps, and sometimes help with the second team because the backup fullback was like a tight end or something, or or you know Jason Snelling, a yeah. bigger running back. He wasn't even that big, and so I couldn't get hurt. I couldn't. You leave. If something happens to my family, they look at me and say, Ovi, um, Ovi, if you're not here, you know, half of our game plan or a third of our game plan is gone. So Calvin is with a great organization because whatever is going on, if it's important to him, they're allowing him to take care of that, which is good for him, not so good for the rest of the team, not having him. Again, hope everything is is all right with Calvin. That makes you wonder a little bit if there any of this was kind of like trickling into last week with his performance on Sunday. You know, it, it didn't seem like he was necessarily yeah. totally locked in throughout the entirety of the game. If there was something on his mind, that's 
more understandable in in my opinion because we're all humans at the end of the day and yes these guys are are trained to be the elite of the elite at their position and and some of the best athletes in the world but you know sometimes life comes first and it's only human to react to that yep. stuff uh but he will not be the only yep. wide receiver out Russell Gage also out this will be the first time that the Falcons are without their top two receivers for a game and I've been going back and, and watching uh, a lot of the all 22 from the last two games, Ovi, because that's been Russell has Russell Gage has not been with the team since then. So I was really curious to see how they would do it. And I found out some really fascinating things in that there have been multiple times in both games where the team has gone five wide and been in 13 personnel, which is one running back, three tight ends. Calvin Ridley's been the only receiver on the field, and yet they're in five wide, and Matt is in shotgun. And then the very next play, they will go into a jumbo package with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts split out wide, and the running back ready to just bully ball the very next play. So I think Arthur Smith has actually been fun. really, really good at utilizing his personnel groupings. And what he'll tend to do is he'll get in a personnel grouping he likes that he thinks is a mismatch for the defense. And then he tends to stay in that group for about three or four plays, uh, either until a negative play happens and they can switch it up or, you know, they, they just want to try a different tact, but they try to catch a defense in, for instance, 13 personnel, you're going to have your heavier linebackers on there. If you can then spread out and go five yep. wide with either Corderell Patterson or, you know, Mike Davis, or actually they've done it with 22 personnel as well and had both running backs and two tight ends on the field with Calvin Ridley. Like, that's genius play calling in, in trying to dictate where what your opponents are going to put on the field. Um, so I'm really curious to see how that evolves over the course of the season because I like that approach a lot. Obviously, now it becomes more of a necessity, and I think that the Jets will benefit from knowing all of this information because they're going to have time to really prepare for Corderell Patterson, Mike Davis, Kyle Pitts, Aiden Hurst, because like the Falcons are going to be forced to utilize those guys and not just the running backs as runners, but now as receivers, they're going to be a key part of the receiving game and the Jets are going to know that. So how do you think this impacts kind of the offensive game plan against a pretty good Jets defense? They've been quietly solid so far this year. Um, I, I feel like we're in a good spot. And I, I love when people say, oh, we don't have a key player. We're definitely going to play worse. <laughs> and you're surprised to find, wait, wait, the Browns had more yards when OBJ wasn't playing? Wait, that doesn't even make any sense. Or, you know, the, Roddy White was down or Julio was down, you know, last year. And the Falcons actually were semi-productive or they were more productive with Julio sitting than him Playing, it, it just doesn't make sense, <laughs> yeah. but somehow it happens because the quarterback gets the ball to everybody, he spreads it around. Yep. Uh, they don't know who to double. There, There is uh, the ability to kind of see the field a little more open versus having to get it to your key player, Julio, Roddy White, Calvin Ridley. And every now and then, it's a blessing in disguise. You get young guys a chance to really evolve. You get some of your role players. Uh, a chance to to show out and make big plays. And it's almost human nature that when someone says, I need you to uh, lift this car, it's very important. Uh, you're like, there's like five other people lift, lift this car up. Or someone says, oh, I need you to lift this car. You're the only person who could do this. It's only you. If you don't lift this car, this lady's going to get you know crushed. And you're like, oh, I'll do it. Everyone's relying on me. I'll make it happen. And... They raise the level of their play. That was a terrible metaphor. I think. Well, I, I just think but, um, you trying to lift a car and me trying to lift a car would be two very different outcomes. Um, so on. In, in well, that, not in if that metaphor. you didn't know I was there. If you had to lift a car and like there was like, you know, everyone's relying on you and looking at you, saying, "William, William, you've got to save us." I would like, say, you know "Hold what? on, I know a guy," and then I would run to get you. <laughs> <laughs> that might work. Too. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see who steps up. I'm excited to see with these big names, big names Calvin Ridley and uh, uh, some of your top players not being there, how we can still be more productive or still yeah. be productive and, and maybe even more. No, I, I mean, I, I completely agree with everything you were saying, even though if, you know, we had some fun at the expense of, of metaphors, um, because you're right. It it kind of becomes a little bit when you 
the reason those guys are getting so much attention offensively, if you're talking about somebody like Julio Jones or, you know, Roddy White back in the day or Tony Gonzalez or, or whoever, the reason they get that attention is because they're really good players. And you know who else knows they're really good players is Matt Ryan. And so even if Julio Jones yeah. is double covered or sometimes triple covered, Matt's going to give him the benefit of the doubt and trust him yeah. and be more inclined to still force feed his guys when they're out there. When they're gone, Matt does have a tendency to become a, a true to the sense point guard and just say, here, you haven't touched the ball in a little bit. You get a, you get a look. Boom. You get, you're open right here. We're in rhythm as an offense. The next read is this slant. It's going over here. He just becomes way, way more um, giving. And he hits everybody and gets everybody yeah. involved, which ultimately raises the entire floor of your offense. Because when you look at somebody, um, you know, after maybe 20 minutes of real life time, maybe they haven't even caught a pass. Maybe they haven't been involved in a play. And then Matt looks at them and all of a sudden they got to make a pressure catch on a third down. It's so much easier for them to perform and for you to get the most out of them when they have been involved and when it's been three minutes since they caught a ball. You know, they're just, the yeah, they're in a rhythm. And, and that's what I think this offense has been missing a little bit, frankly. Um, so maybe that changes if, if they are having to resort to more of a quick game passing attack with your tight ends, with your backs. Um, maybe they're able to manufacture some deep downfield shots because of uh, the fact that they're, I expect them to rely heavily on the run game and a lot on probably screens, quick passes, things like that, draw the defense up. And maybe that's when you get a Hayden Hurst or Corderell Patterson, as we saw last week, just leak out the back end, easy touchdown. Um, is is there anything else? You know, I, I feel like we should give the the Jets defense their due because they are fourth in the league currently, tied for fourth with four, 13 sacks. They had seven sacks last week against Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. So, I mean, they're really hot right now um their run defense is not great from a yardage standpoint but i have to believe that's because teams are running the heck out of the ball against them because they just have leads for the entirety of probably the last three quarters of the game but their pass defense has been solid so what what do you think of this jets defense given atlanta's shortcomings now offensively like is this a matchup that truly concerns you or do you still expect atlanta to figure out a way to move the ball against New York. Well, here's a strange thing. Um, you you thought that Chase Young and the Washington football team would tear us apart when it came to our offensive line being porous. Yeah. And our offensive line did, did a relatively good job. Not you know great, because they're not a great offensive line, but they didn't do like Eagles bad <laughs> of, of a job to where Matt's just running for his life constantly. So... Even though this Jets team had seven sacks last game, uh, I don't feel like it's going to be a, a jailbreak every game. I feel like we're getting more of that uh, camaraderie that that ESP, ESPN that the players have where they know what each other are doing yeah. and they could actually work as a unit, not as individuals, as a unit. So Matt realizes that his office line are not a bunch of pro bowlers or all pro guys, <laughs> so he's getting the ball quicker. I think we'll be able to manage the whole defensive line onslaught because, uh, again, we have to. And having players, uh, like we mentioned in the last segment, be um, able to each do their thing, get open, will help Mac the ball out even quicker. I think Cordero Patterson, we'll, we'll get to him a little more later, he is um, a human highlight reel. So getting these checkdowns uh, out is going to be part of the game plan just because we know that they're coming for us. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm definitely starting a Porterell in my fantasy league. I will not make that mistake of leaving him out Everyone again. Everyone is. Good lord, Porterell Patterson has made a lot of people happy. A lot of people who got him as like a second, third, fourth round or a late pick is like, ah, I'll get Porterell. Mike Davis yeah, is right? starting running back. Yeah, the Falcons. He'll get all the yards, but I guess I'll get Porterell <laughs> Patterson. Those people were happy last. Oh, very happy. He put up like 30 something point. Yeah, I mean, he's he went off. Now, do I expect him to have three touchdowns every single game? No. But um, back to your point, though, about the offensive line, because I it, again, I have to give Arthur Smith credit this uh, with this. I think that he's doing a really good job of protecting his offensive line a little bit, you know, and I mentioned the personnel groupings. If you can be in 13 personnel, a defense is not really expecting pass out of that. That's Generally, teams do not, or if they do, 
it's still out of kind of a jumbo unbalanced look. And then they maybe have one or two receivers down the field. If Atlanta's going five wide and then all of a sudden going right back in and and then going heavy, teams just really can't get a good feel, I think, for when Atlanta's going to pass the ball. And that helps your offensive line with the pass yeah. rush because you're forcing the defensive line to maybe wait a beat to see what actually unfolds before just pinning their ears back. And then furthermore, the team has run a lot of kind of offset tight ends where they're not in the slot. They're not kind of in a receiver stance, but they are, they're in kind of like the the ready athletic stance, you know, what linebacker stance a little bit just in the backfield, almost like they're a pseudo fullback. Um, but they're right off the wings of the tackles basically to help them pass block or run block if needed. So I think Arthur Smith's doing a good job of utilizing all members of his offense to help out where they need to on any one given play. Um, and, and again, I just think that's smart, but yeah, I, I like, I like Atlanta's offense in this, get, even with Calvin Ridley out, for the reasons you said is I think Matt's going to have a good game. I think he's going to understand that he will. And I think this is finally the game where Mike Davis really asserts himself. He hasn't done that yet. I know you've been waiting on it. I don't know, a 930 game. I have. A 930 game against the Jets. I just kind of feel like this is one where if, if I'm Mike Davis, I'm saying, Coach, give me the ball. Don't worry about it. We got this. Let me go. And, and just carries the ball 23 times in this game. For 118 yards and and two touchdowns and just Mike Davis coming out party in London. Cheerio. Um, all right, let's switch sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta's defense. Is this a, uh, is this a get right game for Atlanta's defense going up against a pretty bad New York Jets offense? Um, it, it has to be, uh, every game needs to be a get right game because they're always getting it wrong. Uh, the Atlanta defense picked up where they left off last year at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to defensive performances. And it's like, it's just every, back when I was there, like Atlanta defenses are just scraping by, like trying to be just not terrible. Like that's our goal. Let's not be as shitty as we were last week or last year. Like it, it's, it's so frustrating and not that we're world beaters, but on offense and running game, you know, we're top, top of the league. Or when I was there, we were top two or three like in the, the NFL and to, and to watch the other side of the locker room to be so bad consistently, it, it's it gets frustrating <laughs> for for a lot of people. But they're they're still there. We you, you mentioned Eric Harris and a couple of players that um, uh, Avery uh, may not be there. That's going to make things worse. And so I, I don't feel confident that we're going to be able to stop Mr. Uh, Zach Wilson, but I do feel confident that we'll have more opportunities to make big plays because he throws interceptions. He gives turnovers. And though the young man is growing up and he's uh, getting better, I think he will be somebody that can help the Jets be better than they were before. He is going to give the Falcons opportunities to get a pick six. He might fumble ball. He's going to make a bad decision because he's still going through um, that rookie process. And our defense just has to stop almost get, making a play. Stop yeah. being really yeah. close to uh, turnover. You know, stop. All right, I intercepted the ball, but I'm falling down on my feet, you know, as opposed to doing a pick six. So if we can somehow, some way, uh, take advantage of a very, you know, mediocre Jets offense, even though they, they beat the uh, Tennessee Titans, uh, which was <laughs> impressive because Tennessee is not terrible. Yeah. I still feel like the Jets are, are the Jets. We, we should be beating the Jets with our offense versus their defense every single time. Or not talking about the 10 elite. Well, what you just said about um, the defense, you know, how we're always sitting here saying, you know, they need to make, make that one more play or how do they avoid, you know, dropping that interception or not falling on that fumble or, man, they were so close to getting this. That's been the issue with the defense, but it's why I'm fairly confident, I guess, in this game because Zach Wilson, especially, but kind of the Jets as a whole by proxy of, of their quarterback are such a team where it's, it's so boomer bust, but right now the pendulum is mm. so far in the bust category where they, it's just seems like they can't go even a drive without something bad happening. Like a sack Zach Wilson, second most sacked quarterback in the league so far with 16 sacks. We've only oh. played four games. That's four sacks. And, and part a game. of that is on him. I mean, a lot of it's on him. Granted, uh, his office line needs to work better, but yeah. part of it is you have to be able to understand how to get the ball quicker, make your reads quicker, and 
just throw, throw, throw it away. <laughs> throw, throw the darn thing away. And you mentioned momentum. Because they won last game, I'm a little bit, little bit scared that he might actually read his news clippings and think he's something special because <laughs> rookie quarterbacks, the momentum, they, they can really get um, going and start feeling the groove. Like, oh, I can do this. I remember my first time where I realized I can ball in this league. I can <laughs> hang with these guys. I can play with these monsters. Like on my first day or two of training camp, I'm like, nope, I give myself a week. This is not going to work. Like, I, I think I'm big and bad, but these guys are, are just scary. And uh, a certain point, like a, a light switch where I had like a good game or two good games in a row. Yeah. Even the team lost. I'm like, I know that I can play with these guys. Now, Zach Wilson wins a game and thinks that or realizes that, hey, they picked me like, you know, top pick for a reason. Like, I got skills. I can do this. Then it'll be a long day for us. So we need to, you know, stop the momentum he has from that last win and hopefully create some momentum for ourselves. But see, that's even in the win. I mean, he he had multiple throws that were just begging to be picked off. And, and that's the, that's the thing for me is, is you mentioned momentum. The Falcons have kind of gotten to where they are. And again, you, I mean, it certainly felt like they were going to be two and two, uh, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter of that Washington game. And so even though they're one and three, I, I think that the improvement that we saw last week was real. They've done all of this. They beat the giants on the road. They came back in the third quarter against Tampa Bay really without any of that momentum that you're talking about because they haven't turned the ball over at all. The Jets and the Falcons are the two teams in the league that don't have an interception this season, and I believe they only have one fumble recovery. So the Falcons are kind of the one team where if they get a little bit of that momentum, we haven't seen what this team will look like, but we've kind of seen that floor, and I think it would only help. You know, getting more extra possessions for Matt Ryan and for this offense should only help. So... That's kind of why I'm a little bullish, I think, this week more than most is because I just expect Zach Wilson to have three or four of those boneheaded plays, whether that just be turning a four-yard sack into a 10-yard sack or throwing an interception or trying to do too much and fumbling the ball. Like I just think Atlanta's going to get two chances, two extra possessions off of turnovers in this game. And if they do that, then I think that's more than enough to beat the Jets, who they should beat probably if they don't win the turnover battle anyway. So I don't know. I just have a good feeling um, defensively in this one because there's not anybody for New York that that scares me. I mean, Zach Wilson hit a couple of deep shots against no. Tennessee, but this isn't a scary offense at all. And, and it's kind of a good matchup for Atlanta with having secondary issues because, I mean, their top receiver is Corey Davis. Like, that, that doesn't scare me. No, like Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder... If they were on a different team, they would probably get a little more love. But because on the, on the Jets, people just really overlook them. Yeah. So though they don't scare me, I don't want to look past them as if they're just like some college receivers. <laughs> Those guys have made some good catches, and then they have you know the talent to get separation and to make some big plays. I, actually, I've seen them you know make plays that we've been unable to make uh, in our wide receiver room. So. They're just on a really bad team and have not been able to get their mojo going. So it, it kind of goes with Zach, too. If Zach can get his stuff together and start hitting these guys, give them confidence, then we might be in a bad place when these guys feel like, oh, we can play against the Falcons. Because they're looking at us as their get-right game. Every team <laughs> looks at us as their get-right game. Yes. I, I get tired of, of, of talking about that. And because we're, you know, all, you know, slobbering. Oh, we're going to beat the Jets. Oh, the Jets are so easy. Know, right? We're going to London and kick their butt to come home. They look at us like, oh, thank you, football gods. We have the yeah, Falcons. Two in a row, the baby. stinky, rinky, dinky Falcons. Yeah. You know, they're, they're so happy to get a nice layup against Atlanta so they can get a, a win and come home. So we're, we're, we, we're not in that uh, position to where we can look down our noses on anybody, <laughs> including these receivers. Well, hopefully uh, Grady Jarrett uh, and the defensive line are looking their noses down at Zach Wilson plenty on Sunday because we need to get this pass rush finally going. And again, second most sacks in the league so far for the Jets. Um, Ovi, let's transition. And we talked about this being a must win um, for this team, at least if if they really don't want this season to, to get off the rails following the bye week. That being said, if if you were talking to the team before this game, what would be your message to them to make sure that 
they don't start the season one and four. No, it's, it, it'd be simple. Uh, don't start the season one and four. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, at, at a certain point, like, because we, I've heard some great speeches and I've heard some wonderful um, uh, monologues from really impressive players, the, you know, the Deion Sanders, the Ray Lewis's, the Tony Gonzalez's, Matt Ryan's. I, I, I've had some really uh, exciting moments where people get me all pumped up and excited to play this wonderful game called football. <laughs> and I've also had to realize that I'm a grown ass man. I'm being paid a lot of money to play a child's yeah. game. And I respect myself enough to not want to put a piss poor version of myself on film. Cause whether you want to turn it in or, you know, or, give a half-ass effort, you're going to be remembered on how you play for eternity. That that film is not going to be erased. Somebody's always going to have a copy of it. And the Falcons are so much better than what they're playing. But as we all know, you are who your record says you are. And I'm just tired of pundits and of, of ourselves and it gets old quickly, like week five. Like it's getting old quick. So about quickly. Guys were this close. So guys were this close. Yeah. Guys were much better than our record. And guys, no, like I don't want to hear that anymore. As a player, as somebody who's been in the locker room, I'd say, get your shit together. <laughs> like let, let's go out there and just play up to our level. Focus is the name of the game. It's going to be who handles London better, who handles the travel, yep. who handles the uh, distractions, who handles the uh, the femme fatales in London, if they get a chance to go out, well, it's COVID, so you probably have more of a, a lockdown than, than usual. But it's going to be who can do all that, and it's a very even playing field because the other team deals with the same exact yep. trip that you do and, and locker room you do. Who can handle that and stay disciplined enough to be prepared to win the game and put yourself in a position to win? And I tell the guys, frankly, I, I can't come out of there being one and four. I can't come out of there losing. I can't come out of there uh, with this long. Cause it's it's hard to fly back when you've lost the game. It's just oh, yeah. a, a stinky feeling yeah. to go from California back to the East Coast. Come from London <laughs> Damn, dude. with a loss? Yeah. God forbid a bad loss? Guys might jump out the plane. They might open the emergency exit <laughs> and say, I'm out. I can't do it. <laughs> it hurts too much. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Take me now. Like, I, oh my God. I, I don't want any guys to be on that yeah. edge or ledge. And so we, we got to find a way to win because this is um, this is our time. It's been our time. It, yes, it is well past their their time. And I like the what you said about the focus. Um, certainly, I think that this will be a really good opportunity to judge Arthur Smith and and the or the program he's putting into place there. Robert Sala is another first-time head coach, two first-time head coaches dealing with the same adversity. Which team comes out sharp? I thought Atlanta looked really sharp on their opening drive against Washington. If if they come out the same way, quick, moving around, brisk, urgent, I'll feel really good about the game right off the bat. If they come out and they look lackadaisical, sluggish, tired, they don't want to be there, they're taking the Jets for granted, uh, I will have some major uh, red flags going up in my yeah. brain. And Arthur Smith told you to put it on him. Yep. It was the first game he, he you know, took all the arrows, fell all the way on his sword and said, it was my fault, guys. I didn't prepare yep. him. No, I had all offseason, mini camp and training this camp, OTAs and workouts. This is a second opportunity. I didn't do it. It was a, a really, you know, a, a, bad, a stain on his uh, <laughs> intro to the Falcon community when he said, yeah, it was my fault. I messed up. So he doesn't have the ability to say that again. Like, you knew London is going to be a winnable game and a huge test for the Falcons. Like you mentioned, Arthur Smith needs to have his guys on schedule, on point, and on, you know, going on all cylinders so they can win this game. All right, let's uh, let's rapid fire through our final uh, thoughts and then give our final predictions for this game. So, Ovi, who needs to have a big game on Sunday for the Falcons to win? Uh, you touched on it earlier. I think Mike Davis, we need a ground and pound. Uh, when, when you go to away games, we always would put extra focus on the run game because that's one thing where you don't need timing. You know, the the roar of the crowd is not going to mess up the snap count. It's just pound the rock, run the ball, control that clock, and shut everybody up. So if Mike Davis can 
you know, kind of add to Cordero Patterson's uh, you know, emerging greatness and give us a stable three, five yards every single time. I think this game is ours. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Mike Davis is a is a great pick. Um, you can go a lot of players on offense, honestly, like Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts. Anybody on offense could step up and have a big game, and it would. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> we haven't talked about him. Like the Kyle Pitts story. Uh, there was a great meme. I, I died laughing. I was. Uh, I think my man uh, uh, Steve uh, uh, Weish uh, put oh, it. Yeah. And of course, the epic Game of Thrones where all the horses are coming. <laughs> and like this is Kyle Pitts. Uh, Battle of the Bastards, be, man. Quadruple covered by every DB. It's uh, it's going to be amazing to see if Kyle Pitts can actually, you know, not grow up here, but to, to raise raise his game because <laughs> you can't be a rookie. God damn, I, I said not that. You know, I, I wasn't that. Can I you get through that. five you know, games first? I was not to say that by saying I wasn't going to say that. But he needs to just like really nut up and, and become <laughs> that guy who can be a, 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 a you know a stall, yeah. a top player right. for the Falcons. And so it's going to be interesting to see if he can find a way to get open, make the big catches, get yards after contact, all that good stuff. Because, uh, you know, maybe even though he, he may not deserve it, he's going to be the guy who's put on that pedestal for this game. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I mean, there, there are a bunch of guys on offense that you could pick. So I'm going to go defense just just for the sake of it. But I'm going to say that Dante Fowler, if, if Dante Fowler has a big game in this one, I really like Atlanta's chances. Again, it's not just going to be the pressure. It's the integrity of the rush lanes because Zach Wilson is going to want to escape outside of the pocket. So it's going to be incumbent upon those edge rushers to really keep him locked in. And that's when you'll let Grady and the interior guys really go to work any interior blitzers. Um, but Dante get, get a sack, get a strip fumble for yourself. Um, but really just maintain um, your assignment all throughout the game and minimize the extended plays, which have really hurt the defense so far this season. Um, Ovi, what is the scariest part of this matchup for you? If you're the Falcons. Oh my gosh. Um, not having Calvin Ridley <laughs> and having no one step up because we spoke about our scenario in a perfect world. This is a good thing and we can spread the ball and we can have everybody open, yeah. but that can't happen if, you know, kind of like how Calvin Ridley was a deer in headlights when he became wide receiver one. Cause he's like, Oh, I can do this. You know? Yeah. Julio was one and I was two and, but I did so well. I caught so many balls. I got open. I was so fast. And when you're wide receiver one, it changes everything. So yeah. the next guy stepping up to wide receiver one that you know may, for some intensive purposes, be Kyle Pitts. You know who's going to step up? Who's going to make the tough catch? Who's going to you know be able to um, have a big third down where we have to get it yeah. and mask, look him dead in the eye in the in the huddle, which <laughs> never happened to me because Matt never. Told me he's throwing it to me. He may have had to because of necessity, but uh, Matt's like, I'm going to you, get open. Now, Matt's told me, Ovi, it's third and one. They're calling your number. Get the damn first down. Like, he's he's looked me in the eyes like, Matt, I got it. Yeah. Mr. Automatics. Thank you that. But he, he he knew it. It, it, was, it was fun that he trusted me and he was like, We need this. And I was like, I got you. Uh, it, it, it was a great feeling to know that your teammates trust you and they depend on you. And you can pull through or you can come through. I want to see who's going to do that. So that, that scares me because I think that there's a, a chance that it may be too big for any receiver, for any of our skill players. Being the guy may be too much of a spotlight for them. And they may not be able to, you know, take the bull by the horns for this game. Honestly, all three receivers, Tasha Sharp. Alameda Zacchaeus, I think Christian Blake will be out there. Those are kind of your three top guys that you're going um, into this game with and I don't know uh, of that maybe Tajay Sharp is is the Ooh. guy who's the most comfortable I mean he's obviously been in the league the Ooh. longest but right no it's not great which is why you're going to see a lot of Kyle Pitts you're going to see a lot of Hayden Hurst you're going to see a lot of the running backs um, but how about Lee Smith get that big tight end back in there <laughs> but honestly yeah Lee Smith let's go um, honestly though I'm I'm more worried about the Jets defensive line with this offensive line because it, it kind of even if they're going to go quick game, if if the Jets are aware of that, A, you can take that away pretty quickly and and make Matt have to hold on to the ball. But B, like I, I just think that if the Falcons aren't even able to protect Matt at all, then they have no chance in this game offensively, I think, to even move the ball. Like there, there aren't 
there aren't the athletes right now on this roster where you can just get it to them in space and let them make all these plays like, you know, a, a jet sweep or something like that. They don't, those guys aren't, aren't healthy. And yeah, quarter Patterson's been great. But like you said, if he's the focal point of the defense in this game, we haven't seen him succeed against that. And so that's where if, if this defensive line, which has been really, really good so far this season, I mean, Quinn and Williams has been on fire. They've got um, uh, just a ton of set. John Franklin Myers next to him. It's been so good. The interior of this defensive line for the Jets could really wreak havoc on this game. And while the Falcons offensive line has done well this season, that's the quickest path to a loss uh, in this one for Atlanta, I think, because it's also the quickest path to a loss in pretty much any game. If you can't hold up on the offensive line, uh, you are pretty much doomed. So I, we talked about him a little bit. Um, who is your X factor, Ovi? And is it Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I think the X factor is definitely Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's it's an easy one. It's almost like every week we're waiting. Is this the game Kyle Pitts uh, jumps off? Is the game Kyle Pitts is going to you know break away? Is this the game? And if there ever was a game, this is the one for him to do yeah. it because uh, everyone knows that you're going to need somebody in a big moment to make that catch to step up. And some, it's like almost basketball. Not every superstar wants to take that shot. There's some superstars that just want to delegate. They don't want to have the whole media, the whole fan base sink or swim with them and be like, why didn't you make it? Why didn't you make the catch? And Kyle Pitts seems like a very confident young man and, you know, kind of, you know, developing a swagger about who he can be in this league. But it's one thing to do that when you're the second or third option. Another thing to do that when everyone's staring right at you <laughs> saying, I dare you yeah. make a damn play. I dare you to be the guy. Do it. And he's going to have to sink or swim. So, uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts, X-Factor. I mean, yeah, I, yes, I agree for the uh, 100th time on this podcast because it's not that hard. Yeah. I, like Kyle Pitts, of course he's the X-Factor because he's made some great plays so far this season. I, I think he's slowly starting to really earn the trust of Matt. Um, that sideline catch uh, against Washington, I, I think, really uh, put him in Matt's good graces because it showed he could kind of trust him to make a tough catch right there on the boundary. And... Matt's going to have to rely on Kyle Pitts whether he wants to or not in this game. I mean, that that's about it. So if there's any opportunity for Kyle Pitts to really be the workhorse, I mean, Calvin Ridley got 13 targets last game. Those are 13 targets up for grabs. I would expect a healthy amount of yep. those to go Kyle Pitts' way. And it's kind of sink or swim time for him. Um, and, and I expect him to swim because I think he's a really good player. Uh, final prediction time, Ovi. What do you think will happen overseas when the Falcons take on the Jets this Sunday? I think we're, we're going to win. Uh, we got a chip on our shoulder because that ugly, uh, nasty loss. And uh, I, I trust, even though a Taylor Heineke team is not supposed to be a Matt, beat a Matt Ryan-led team, uh, a Zach Wilson-led team is definitely not going to be a Matt Ryan-led team. <laughs> I think I, I trust Matt to use his leadership qualities to get guys in line, to be able to talk to them. And they respect him enough because of what he's accomplished to where they're not trying to sneak out. They're not staying up all night. They're not, you know, taking the Jets for granted because you can't because you're the Falcons. You can't take anybody for granted. So I, I think with just the focus and the level of attention to detail, we're, you know, we're, we're going to be up on, on that. And I, I'd say it's going to be a 28-21 Falcon win. Okay. Yeah. 28, so four touchdowns, 21, three touchdowns. No field goals. Young Way Koo's going to get the day off. So, yep. well-deserved. Just go sightseeing. Go see Big Ben, Parliament, you know, all that yep. jazz. Uh, I'm right there alongside you. I think that the Falcons, though, are going to bring it a little bit more. I really do. I, I think I expect them to come out sharp. I think that the defense is going to finally get some big plays and really shut down an offense. I'm going to say 31-17 Atlanta on Sunday. Strong. Yeah, man. Strong Let's get it going. Back-to-back 30-point games for this offense. Defense goes back to uh, look more like they did against New York. You go into the bye week with yes. some, some confidence, some optimism that maybe this team is really starting to click. And who knows? You're two and three, and everything's in front of you from there. So We need a bloody win, William. We need a bloody <laughs> win. Bloody hell, we need a win. There you go. Saving <laughs> it for the very end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello, governor. <laughs> is that Australian or is that British or no? It's British, English dude. or yeah, London. That's good. I'm, that's good. I'm terrible. You can be our accent guy. Oh, that'll be that'll be your role. Correct. You're not getting it from me. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Oh, we just um, gotta get a darn win. If I'm waking up this early, we gotta get a win. Like I'm not waking up this early I know. to watch. But we the get team to record lose. record the next pod early next on Sunday, so that'll be nice. Um, but but yeah. yes, we will be back with you on Sunday. Depending if we can record uh, earlier in the afternoon, we can try to get that baby up Sunday afternoon. So be on the lookout for that. You may get a, a Sunday podcast from us recapping the action. Um, but it should be fun. I mean, again, set your clocks early. Nine thirty kickoff. Falcons Jets Falcons home game is this this is probably the furthest away from Atlanta that the Falcons have ever hosted a game um so that's fun today's episode was presented by bet online please uh like the podcast tell your friends about it for those of you that have been along this journey the whole time thank you so much uh bring others along we're, we're growing the community hopefully the season does turn around but you get accents from Ovi um you get <laughs> you know, just, I don't know, horrible, horrible insight from me. So what more could you ask for? Uh, let everybody know where they can find us. And that is wherever you get your podcasts. Um, anything else before we get out of here, Ovi? Nah, man. Uh, the, 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 what if, um, finale, I think it was the finale was so dope. It was amazing. I, I, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, my heart with excitement. So, uh, a lot of good TV on there. So enjoy some football, enjoy some good, uh, animation. Uh, get some rest. You're gonna need it, <laughs> dude. I party Thor was great. I freaking love party. Yes. The Viva Las Vegas oh, line man. was so funny. Um, <laughs> it was I. I amazing. I kind of want. I want like Channing Tatum to show up in a movie playing Party Thor, because uh, that would be great. But yeah, no, that was great. Squid Game, awesome recommendation from you. I finished it. Yep. Amazing. Just so good. good. Everyone's watching now. That thing blew up. Yeah. Squid Game's huge now. You called it. You called it. OV was on it first. It OV was on it like two weeks was. ago. Um, yep. This man this man knows pop culture. So I do. <laughs> that'll do it uh, for us today. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.